Hello, everybody. I'm Dave Jeskow, and this is The Nightfly. How's everybody doing? And welcome to the Nightfly podcast, the September 21st, 2021 edition. I am doing a combination audio video podcast today because I don't know. I just felt it was time. I kind of owed you one. We didn't do one in August. And yet I said to myself, well, no one really cares, you know, about the video. And plus I'm on video every week doing that, that football show, which I love so much, but I was going through some uh, my last uh, carton of stuff I got from work two years ago, finally going through the box and I found some more pictures and I'm like, well, you know, let me show it to everybody on the video podcast. So I'll do both. And, you know, then I was thinking about it, too. And I was thinking, well, Sarah Silverman, I think videotapes her podcast and she doesn't do anything that requires a video. In fact, it's like so in her face, like, the, you know, it's too close. I don't know why she does it like that. And I don't know whether it's just clips or whether I think she tapes the whole thing. But most people that have video podcasts are just sitting around talking. It's like a TV show. It's like a news program, you know, but there's, but you're not getting the video or they're not show. They're not using what a video is for, you know, the purpose of doing one. So I figure, well, everybody else does it too. So I'll just do it. So basically you see me hanging around, but then of course I always show, you know, pictures of stuff I'm talking about. And then, of course, I will show you pictures, but I will describe everything. So if you are listening audio wise, there won't be any issues. And then perhaps if you are interested, you go to YouTube and then you look it up and you're like, oh, that's what he was talking about. So you don't have to sit through the whole thing. If that's not your cup of tea, I don't know. You know, I mean, I know everybody listens to the podcast, but I don't know. Uh, you know, some people, I guess, like, I mean, listen, I know a lot of you are watching the two hour podcast no, it's not called a podcast video cast that i do on youtube live every tuesday and let me tell you first of all i appreciate it and last week was awful i mean last week was it was it was great uh rachel was on but the whole thing was a disaster from the start because just rachel is great but you know then she made other plans to be at somebody else's show but i said i'm not going to allow this to bother me you know, it's going to be different. It's a different Dave Juskow. So I tried to work it out. You know, it's like she knew she had this going on and I don't know, you know, whatever. So I said, well, why don't you just come and do it at my house? Maybe you'll be closer to the comedy cellar because you had to get down to the cellar. And then she comes, you know, she comes in like, I'm like, you know, if, you, if you're going to set up your computer and you're going to have trouble with your computer, come earlier to get it together. I'm racing around just before showtime, which is a hard open at six o'clock. And you know, why shouldn't be racing around at that time? I should be concentrating on the show, but whatever. I let it go. And she was great as usual. And then it was really funny if you were watching the show or if you want to watch it on YouTube with her when she was leaving, then she was behind me and using the crutches I have. I mean, it was really funny. Uh, but of course, that left me with 10 minutes of time to fill, which is, you know, hilarious because it also goes to this app, the Contender app. But, you know, I love filling time. That's my favorite part of the show is the opening 15 minutes. Everybody knows that. Apparently, I like talking. 
So, but then I didn't know what to do. I had an extra 10 minutes, you know, and I always put down in my schedule, I put down phone calls, but nobody's been calling. But the guy said, people rarely call. This time, nobody was even in the chat room. So I don't even know who's listening. I think as the days go by, you know, during the week, people seem to watch because we had like 200 views. So I guess they just don't watch live, which is good and bad. It really doesn't matter. But meanwhile, then I had the second guest, Michelle Fox, who was just, uh, I don't know. I don't want to be rude. I don't think she'd listen to the podcast. so It doesn't matter, but she wasn't great. And, you know, she had a lot of technical problems. And the, the only reason why I'm upset by this, she's still adorable and everything. And it, it might not have been the right fit for us, but she couldn't get her act together with her computer at home, you know? And I, she kept saying we should practice. And I'm like, well, that's fine, but we don't have a link until 530. So then I texted her. I said, come on now. You know, then you have a half hour to practice. And then she's like, you never sent me a text after I'm doing a horrible imitation of her. She's like, you never sent me a text after. And I'm like, I did. I did. And then she saw it. And then she looked stupid. And we're just waiting 20 minutes for her to get her shit together. And I kept saying to Mike, get her off. Cut her. Cut her. Doing the, the, the cut sign. Let's get let's move on. I'll take it. I'll take care of this by myself. This is going to happen. But then he worked it out. And I don't even know it was worth it. Probably would have been better on my own. Just me and Mike making football picks. My favorite thing to do this week. With Marina Franklin on the 6 to 7 p.m. hour. You know, I love Marina. I'm doing her show while I'm taping on Saturday. It comes out on Tuesday, so I do her show every Saturday at 3. I think it's on Facebook live. And then uh, I have Lenny Marcus. And Lenny Marcus and I will do the football picks because he works for the Giants. And he's also, of course, the producer of Supermarket Sweep. Second season. So Lenny's a great guy. I know he's fun. Certainly during football season, there would never be a show where I would not use him because he's a delight. And then the week after that, as you know, we have Greg Fitzsimmons. And so on Monday, I was at the comedy. I guess I have so much to tell you, I think. I always think I have a lot to tell you, and then I, and then I end up not having a lot to say. But I was at the comedy cellar. I went down because my friend Dave Rath was in town. He's like, meet me there. And I'm like, crap. I really don't. Well. Maybe I should just start with what happened. No. All right. I'll start with this. Right. Because you guys haven't heard what happened to me on Thursday. This is a goddamn miracle. Okay. So Monday I go down and I'm like, just, you know, at this point, I've told you a hundred times. I don't want to leave the house anymore. I don't want to drink. I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to spend any money. But I also know I must not just for the podcast purposes, but yet, yes, you know, I've got to put on my just guy on the city show. So, I mean, what's the point of having a podcast? You live in New York City, that going experience, right? But whatever, I go out Monday, I go to my usual place, I go to the bar. Uh, and meanwhile, again, I told you my, my friend Lindsay, who works there, became a Patreon subscriber, and I thank her so much. And she is such a delight. It's funny when I'm talking to her at the bar, she knows everything. I'm like, how do you know that? She listens to the podcast. It's a goddamn miracle. I love her. Uh, I know I've been talking about her a lot lately, but I'm just so like, she's just the real thing, you know, like she's just, you know, when she signed up for page and that's not, it's not that, I mean, I liked her anyway, but I'm just saying, it's just like, wow, she really, you know, it's like, it, it solidifies. She really does listen to the park. She's not full of shit. I never thought she was full of shit. I'm just saying she's really nice. Uh, you know, she comes to all the shows. I don't know. She's terrific. So we're all in on Lindsay. Uh, but uh, so I go there and then I go to the cellar and I see Colin, Smith, you know, play and, and gnome. And uh, I was having a good time as usual, you know, drinking. 
And then I asked Colin if he would be interested, you know, in being on the show. Like, let's just get a couple of musicians for that second hour after Greg Fitzgerald, or the, it would be the first hour, and then Greg Fitzgerald. We should probably have him on a summit with a second, because then following having Greg Fitzgerald follow that would be. Huh. I don't see. I'm trying to work it out, trying to work out the perfect mix. Whereas you can get Rachel on at the beginning, and then you have somebody a little bit less exciting at the second part. It kind of goes down. So I don't know. Anyway, I went out. I had a good time. I don't even remember what happened after that, but let me just let me just tell you what happened on Thursday. Here's the example of everything I speak about all the time. People, you guys write me all the time. You're like, see, when you go out, and it's so obvious. So it's Yom Kippur this past week, right? Uh, so I'm home Wednesday night and Thursday, and I'm planning nothing. I just all I plan. I bought some bagels and locks because that is what we Jews break fast with. And when I say us Jews, I I don't know whether the Orthodox do it this way, but this is the way the foreign people do it and you you know you're not allowed to eat or drink for 24 hours now you probably most of you probably know but if you don't know i'm just you know explaining it like i probably do every year eat or drink 24 hours sundown to sundown but obviously i'm not anywhere nobody's gonna see me it's just uh, a social contract you have with god that uh, you don't mind if i break at four o'clock right jesus um so uh you know i bought bagels lugs for the after thing and then jeff ross was in town and he goes, hey, do you want to come out for my birthday on Thursday? I'm like, it's Yom Kippur. Jeffrey Lipschitz. Uh, and he's like, no, I mean, after. And I'm like, after? You know, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm going to be so full because I'm going to eat as many bagels and locks as I can with the pickled herring. I'm going to be full. It, you know, there's no way to go out after. Now, I believe when I was younger in my 20s, I used to break fast with the family. And then I'd drive into Manhattan. Well, I guess I lived there. But I'd go out after and drink and have a good time. I mean, that's just not. It's not a thing anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, and I was like, I know, I was like, fine, I'll go out, whatever, maybe. But I'm dreading it the whole week. Ugh, I got to go out Thursday. I don't want to go out Thursday. Maybe he won't call. Maybe he'll forget. And I took a nap at some point on Thursday. And of course, the text was like nine o'clock at this place, Bond Zero. It's like a new members only social club. It's like Soho House, but it's better. And I was like, all right, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I know something great is going to happen. It's going to be one of those nights you go out, you gonna something's going to happen where it's going to be so terrific. It's going to make a, a week's worth of podcasts. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, it was a miracle. I was waiting outside. I'm like, Ugh, this place, this snobatorium. And we though, and he knows the owner of the place. So then we met his friend who was a little standoffish person. I'm like, I don't like this guy. His name's Beecher or something. And he has this ridiculous. He's like 50. He's like my age, me and Jeff's age in the 50s. And he's got, of course, a 21 year old girlfriend. Because, you know, why otherwise would he be hanging out with Jeff Ross? And this girl is, I mean, she's perfect looking, you know, and nothing but nice. But, you know, you see her. I'm like, what's happening here? You know, I mean, it's just you know, very obvious. Um, but very nice. And but this guy was very standoffish. I'm like, oh, OK, it's going to be a dick. Um, but it's Jeff's day and whatever. I'm just going to go with the flow. And once I start drinking, everything will be fine. Of course, that's exactly what happens. Finally, get a drink. Everything smooths out. Right. And then we we go to this place and we eat like at the at the you know, it's a very fancy place, but we're eating with the owner. So he's just ordering a bunch of stuff. I have a picture of one of the foods, but he's ordering everything. You know, we're having sushi steak pasta he just ordered everything for the table 
and uh, I knew I wasn't going to have to pay any money. So that was really good. Um, and, you know, we we're just having a good time. So then it turns out that this guy, Peter, loves gambling. So then we completely connected. So then everything was fine after that. He was a great guy. But while we were sitting there eating and I was having a great time, this other guy comes in and says, hey, let's go up. Uh, we're going to go up to the. There's a new thing where I used to work on Vanderbilt, where they built this really tall building where you can go up and it's like this major experience, right? Kind of like I did with Sophia that time when we took those modeling pictures. I don't know if you remember. And it's brand new. And I remember when they were constructing, I hate that place because it was right by my job and it was annoying me and it was ruining my commute because they were constructing it. But the guy's like, it's not open to the public yet. So I'm taking everybody up there. And I'm like, I want to go. And I was about to leave. I was going to leave. Jeff, I'll see you later. I'm going to go with this guy. Nice guy. I don't know. I don't know who he was. He just seemed like a nice guy. And he knew he was hanging out with a business meeting with a bunch of people from Starwood Hotels. You know, all these rich people that I don't belong there. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And then and then I, I didn't. I didn't go. Just like, no, stay here. And I'm like, all right, fine. Well, thank God I did, because it really was one of those moments where it is completely a tells joke. Should have hung out, man. Five minutes after you left, it was one of those things. I didn't leave. And then Julian Edelman showed up. Now, those of you who don't know sports or sports greatness, Julian Edelman was a New England Patriot for years, and he won three Super Bowls, and he's tiny and Jewish. So he's, you know, me and a couple other guys, big hero. And he was a big asset to Tom Brady. He was the Super Bowl MVP, the last one they won against the Rams, that awful Super Bowl. But Julian Edelman was the MVP of the Super Bowl, standing at 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, you know, I mean, this guy and being Jewish, it's like him and Sandy Koufax. And that's it. So he comes in with his friend and they're like, oh, this is Julian. And I'm like, I, I don't recognize him without his uniform or helmet. And I'm like, well, he's a handsome guy. He's a handsome guy. But I thought it was like Stifler from uh, American Pie. That, that's what he thought. I was like, he's an actor. He must be an actor. Because, you know, if you come to this place, you're usually an actor or something. And then somebody said something about football or something. They said, I'm like, wait a minute. You're not. What are you, Julian Edelman? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what the what? The? And then I went crazy. I couldn't contain myself. But but it was a good containment, like a good thing. Like everybody was at the table seeing how happy I was. And he knew I was a big fan. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, for years, I, you know, I'm a Jets fan. He goes, me too. And I'm like, you are? And he goes, yeah, we always beat the Jets. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, so it would make a lot of sense. Of course, he's a Jet fan. It's like that guy. And I can't think of his name. And Dave Elliott's going to kill me because he knows this guy was <clears throat> he was on the Atlanta Braves and he was just a Mets killer. I can't think of his name. I could have looked it up three times already. I've talked about him this week. I just can't remember his name, but I know he named his kid Shay after Shea Stadium because he had so much good times beating up on the Mets. He loves the Mets, you know, and that's the thing. You got to figure Tom Brady is a huge Jets fan, you know, As they were like, hey, well, there's two wins. We don't got to worry anything about, you know, except once in a blue moon when they're going to maybe beat us but never on prime time except for that one time they beat him in the playoffs which was so hot i don't even know whether julian edelman was playing back then but whatever the case may be this guy was the greatest guy i was so happy to be with him and here's what he said he's like well i was fasting all day you know and i'm like what 
And he's, where's a Jewish star? And he goes, yeah, I was fasting all day. And then I went to a 14 mile bike ride. I'm like, while you were fasting? He goes, yeah, it was, uh, it was horrible because I couldn't drink water or anything. I'm like, oh, my God, who does a 14 mile bike ride on Yom Kippur? An athlete. Just just removed from the game. That makes sense. I mean, he looks amazing. He's still an athlete. He's got giant hands. He's a wide receiver. And most wide receivers are almost seven feet tall. So this guy is the shit and the greatest guy. Good looking, cool, three Super Bowl wins, maybe a Super Bowl loss or two. You know, like he's, he was there for a long time. And there he was just sitting right next to us. And I got a picture and he was the greatest. And then we got, yeah, I, but we got high because now it doesn't matter. Right. And it's almost legal. So then we got high together. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it was fucking unbelievable. Um, ah, I was so excited. And here's the weird part is that I was talking to, oh, because the Jeff Ross is doing this new reality show with Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis is a, an old, a football player from the Baltimore Ravens who won two Super Bowls. And now he's on the show Inside the NFL, which is my favorite show I've been watching for like 30 years, right? It's just a, a football pick show and stuff. It's the show the pros watch. So if you don't know anything about sports, I'm just telling you, I'm definitely going to tell this story on uh, Tuesday, obviously. So, but what are you going to do? Because it was so special, even if it's not sports related, right? So I was like, well, what, what, and so Jeff's going to do this new reality show where he goes to Panama and he like spend a month there and you can leave whenever you want, but like when you can't take it anymore. So it's with celebrities, it's with Jeff and Ray Lewis. And I'm like, well, how can Ray Lewis do it? Because doesn't he have his inside the NFL obligations? Or like, why would he do a show in the fall? You know, why not do that in April? So I don't know what the reason he goes, I don't know. And I'm like, you know, now that I think about it, it's kind of weird because my DVR did not record inside the NFL and it's been scheduled for, you know, 20 years. I just thought about it. I'm like, you know, I didn't see it this year. And so then go figure Julian Edelman comes in and we start talking and he goes, yeah, I just started working on inside the NFL. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. What? Who did you replace? And he goes, um, no, I don't even know who he replaced because he's not replacing Ray Lewis or anything. But he's like, yeah, I just took. Uh, oh, I know. He, uh, wait, who? no, Boomer was already gone. I don't know. Anyway, he's, I'm like, you are. Wait, so it's still on the air because my DVR didn't record. He goes, oh, they moved it to Paramount Plus. And I'm like, oh, my God, of course, that is. I mean, this guy answered all the questions we were talking about before. And he goes, well, Ray's in and out now. And I'm like, of course, you're all right. I just figured that out on my own. So this guy's now uh, one of the co-hosts of my favorite show in the fall inside the NFL. So I came home after being completely annihilated and watched a little bit because it definitely puts me to sleep. Uh, I mean, I still like to watch, but I, I fast forward through the actual football stuff because that's old news. But I like the commentary. And the funny thing was this particular week I was watching again last night. They were talking about how why he's tiny. They were saying addressing it They're like, you, you know, you're very small. But you're you get around in a different way than I would. He was talking to that guy uh, who was really annoyed. Brandon Marshall, you know, is a very tall wide receiver. And that was interesting. So he doesn't seem to mind. Because I guess, you know, if you win three Super Bowls and you're a Super Bowl MVP, you've kind of proved to everybody you're being short doesn't matter. And when I say being short, he's like, you know, he's my height, but, you know, but he's in the NFL. So. Those kind of guys usually have to prove themselves more so than the others, of course. But he's great, and he loves being Jewish. He's wearing a Jewish star on the show all the time. It's awesome. 
and he was great on the show and he was really funny. And I think I'm going to get him on the football show because he's awesome. Of course, he loves comedy like they all do. But what a night. And then after that, um, Yamanika was there and this other girl, Pat Brown, that Marina's always talking about. So he's on the Friends Like Us. Uh, of course, the show that I call Black Like Me. And then we went to the cellar, which I didn't want to do, but I did. And then I was just I was I, I guess I was polluted. I don't know, you know, and we went there and I drank some more and then I went down to see Jeff. He was performing and I'm telling you, Jeff is he's really good on his own. He's going to this this other level where he's becoming a really good stand up comic again without Dave. And so it's funny. I was watching. I was having a good time. I was listening to the story. He was telling the story about his dog dying again, which is amazing that it's a, in a comedy show. But the crowd was totally going with it. And then a tell showed up and he brought him on stage. And I kept telling Jeff, it's like, boy, that was great until a tell, a tell showed up and ruined it. <laughs> now, of course, I love seeing them and I love seeing a tell. But Jeff was on to something and it did. The timing was ruined for Jeff. But then, of course, Dave and Jeff are funny together. So it was still working. And they brought somebody on stage this uh, mother and daughter and they were okay. And then I just left. I'm like, you know what? I got to get another drink. I'm going back to the bar across the street. So I don't know. I just had just had it. Right. And then lo and behold, I'm at the bar. I'm like, are you, they're like, oh, where'd you go? Whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm just across the street. I'm like, oh, you missed it, man. Five minutes after you left. I swear to God, they like, apparently some girl came on stage and the show was amazing. But I missed that part. But then I saw her outside and she was so hot. But if that's all they were talking about, then I didn't really miss it. I certainly didn't miss it. I don't know why I went back there, but I didn't care. And then I brought Jeff to the bar and we had just talked a little bit about his act because it's really something special, I think. And, you know, I really enjoy when somebody, especially a friend or anybody really is great. I really like to praise them a lot, not just kiss their because I uh, the next day I even called him. I said, I'm sober now. I just want to tell you that was an unbelievable set until Attell ruined it, all, <laughs> which is, you know, extra funny because. We all know how I do feel about it, tell uh, comedy wise. And of course, he didn't ruin it, but it's funny to ever say, you know, until until a tell came on stage and ruined everything. I mean, that's just something you're never going to hear. So that was awesome. Oh, my God. And that's so but I had three dinners that day. Right. Right. Remember, I keep telling you I have two dinners. I upped it one level. So I had the breakfast bagels, locks, pickled herring. The whole thing, right? Lots of orange juice, coffee, coffee. No, because I like coffee. And then I went to the place and we ordered all that food. But that was just like sharing food. So it wasn't horrible. You know, I didn't need to eat it. But, you know, what am I going to just sit there like a lump? What am I going to lay there like a lox? Huh? I'm, the, I'm here all week. Um, and then, oh, my God. Uh, then I leave the bar and I'm walking. And of course, I walk, I walk Jeff home and then I walk to 14th and first because I was I, I was like, I know I don't want a plate of rice and I'm not going to go to the halal. I don't need that much food. But there's a there's a, you know, like a graze papaya on the goddamn corner. And I said, all right, fine, I'll get two hot dogs and get two hot dogs with sauerkraut and onions and cheese. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Wrap them up. And took the bike home. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I took the damn bike home and then I came home and ate them. When you didn't even think twice about it, I went to bed and then the next morning I'm like, what did I do? 
but I always need something to eat before I get to bed when I've been drinking. So anyway, uh, you know, now that I think about it, I didn't tell you the story about last week on Saturday when I finished uh, what I taped on Friday that day. I ended up again going to the surprise party for this guy. And I'll, I have a picture of it. I'll show you later for my friend's uh, wife's uh, husband. And I didn't want to go. It was on a Saturday. I'm like, she's like, oh, it's just going to be at this, um, you know, dive bar. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to go out on a Saturday. You know how I hate that more than anything. But I went out. You know, they said everybody's meeting at nine or they said the, he, he's coming in at nine. So I thought I knew she had to set up and it's a surprise. But I'm like, I'll get there at eight because really I am an old man. Keep I keep showing up early <clears throat> at all these places. And it, it, it's it's so like I'm always early now. This is what I do as an older person. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. I should just start showing up late just to be cool, but I can't do it. I showed up at eight. Nobody was there. They were mean to me at that bar. And I was like, this place is stupid. And I left and I called her. I'm like, where is everybody? She goes, I told everybody to be there. I'm like, I thought it was a surprise party. We had to get there early. And I'm like, I'm going home. And she's like, if you go home right now, I swear to God, you will very much anger me. You will disappoint me. I will be very upset with you. And I'm like, well, you better learn to live with this. I'm such an idiot. One thing goes wrong. I'm just out of there. Right. And then I made a phone call to a friend. And I relaxed a little. I'm like, you know, she's right. She's right. The fuck is the matter with me? All I need is one drink and everything's going to change. So I went back in. I went to the bar and had a drink. And then it's like the whole thing never happened. One drink seems to cure all the anxiety. It's like what drinking is supposed to be for. You're just not supposed to do it to excess. It definitely calms my nerves and makes me a fun guy. So, yeah, then I had a blast. I stayed until four in the morning. You'll see the picture in the window. I'm just wasted, but a you know, fun waste. We had a great time. And then at the end of the night, I'm walking. It's on 14th Street, so I'm walking down. And I'm like, I don't even want to tell you this, but I can't help it. I'm like, you know, this time I'm going to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> I figured, well, I'll, I'll get some extra chicken. I'll eat it later in the afternoon. But um they were like open, but they were like, yeah, we don't have any chicken. And I'm like, what do you have? Just sides. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, those potatoes wouldn't be horrible, but no, come on. You're out of chicken. I'm out of here. So then I think I went to the, I must've gone. Did I go to the whole or I went nowhere? I don't know what I, Oh, I know what I did. Oh, this is so embarrassing. I probably shouldn't even tell you. I went to go look for a city bike and I found out there was an electric one on maybe 23rd and 1st. And I'm up there and I'm talking on the phone or maybe it was like 18th and first. Right. And I find the bike and I'm standing near it and I'm calling. I ordered a pizza to get to my house by like 3.30 a.m. or four, whatever time it was. So I was calling my doorman to let him know that a pizza was coming. You know, I said I might not get there before the pizza does. I usually do. But just in case nobody's answering, it shouldn't matter. It's already paid for. Just leave it there anyway. But some of these guys aren't very bright. So I'm talking on the phone and then I hang up and then I'm about to take out the bike, but there's a girl staring at me and she's, and she's like, oh, are you going to use it? I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, but no, go ahead. Take, it was the only electric bike. I'm like, no, no, go ahead. She's like, no, it, it's all right. I'm like, no, no, I, my father would, you know, would kill me if I uh, l- let a girl, I'm sorry. I mean, woman, I, I mean, I don't even know what we're talking about. Uh, you, you have to take it. Um, I, I will take a, a regular one. And she's like, really? That's very kind of you. I'm like, yes, no problem at all. Because what are you supposed to do? I know there are guys 
that I talk to because or guys when I talk to girls that are not that way. And it makes me upset the people that, you know, charge you for your meal when you go out on a first date. I can't believe those guys exist. But yeah, what are you going to do? Right. I'm like, yeah, so I'll take a regular one. I'll try and find an electric one around the way. But that was the right move. You can't just leave a girl there stranded. Uh, the fact that she was taking a bike that late at night was insane. But yes. Uh, plus, I was sitting there on the phone anyway, and I wasn't using it. So I felt good about doing that right thing. And then, of course, I made it home way before the pizza arrived. So everything was uh, good to go. <laughs> uh, one of the things I also forgot to tell you last week was that when I went to Spencer Gifts, remember I told you because I got those posters, I went to Spencer Gifts. Uh, what, what happened was, um, you know, the people that work there are like 22, if that. And I was putting my credit card in and I said, what, you you don't take chips? And she goes, no, we have old fashioned. You got to swipe it. And, uh, you know, they're supposed to update it during COVID. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's what, what does that take to update so you can read the chip card? And I go, well, you know, it's a retro store anyway. And the girl goes, yeah, it's like always oh, 2006 in here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got that right. 2006. <laughs> I was thinking 1976 but sure sure yeah it's always like man 2006 yeah right it's um, like i never heard that statement before i've never heard anybody talk about the old days as anything in the 2000s but that's gonna continue to happen it's just so funny it's like oh it's 2006 in here am i right i'm like yeah you're you are you are correct well, you go girl <laughs> talk to the hand because uh, uh, also, uh, I'm just I'm looking at my notes. So on. All right. So 9-11 was Saturday, right? I taped last Friday. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I taped last Friday. And so I hate 9-11. And I did. If you can, if you watch the football show, I already told this story. But I, you know, I, I can't not tell it on the podcast because I don't know how who's watching the football show. And why would you anyway? Um. I am. I forgot it's 9-11. I wake up. I forget it's 9-11. I'm watching, you know, I, the TV is already on channel 11. Then they're reading the names, you know, of all the people that died. And I'm like, ugh, I am not interested in this. I am not interested in this. I do not want to remember. I don't care. Whatever. I know there are people that do. I just don't want to watch these things. So I'm looking at the guide and I see on me TV is Bugs Bunny and Friends. So I'm like, perfect. That is exactly what I want to watch while I wait an hour to, you know, go to Dunkin Donuts. Or whatever I was doing. Oh, no, I know. Well, I wait an hour to go to take the ferry to go to Hoboken to make my uh, NFL picks. Uh, story gets worse and worse. Um, so I turn on Bugs Bunny and Friends, and they're reading the names from 9-11. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You're postponing Bugs Bunny and Friends to read the names of the people who died in 9-11. You're, you're cutting into this footage. You feel it's necessary on MeTV, where we watch Hogan's Heroes and M.A.S.H., and Buck Rogers, where clearly anybody that is watching that channel is not interested in anything that's happening in the world in the past year and a half. You felt it was necessary to put on the 9-11 coverage and postpone Bugs Bunny and Friends. You fucking weirdos. I was furious. Is it necessary for me TV to do their duty as broadcasters? Hogan's Heroes will be <laughs> Hogan's Heroes will now be preempted for a 9-11 remembrance. I mean, this that's, you know, 
Ugh. I don't know whether if they're looking at that as a ratings thing, but who's going to me TV? Who's saying to themselves, I'm going to wake up. I want to get on early on me TV because I want to watch the names. Now, I know a lot of people like watching the names being read. They, they want that. They like to watch Holocaust movies. They can do this. I cannot do this. It messes me up. But I can't imagine is anybody waking up saying we want to see what the me TV coverage is. It's very important to see the me TV coverage. Let's see how they, uh, you know, put uh, Buck Rogers and Star Trek into the me TV coverage. Uh, Buck Rogers in the 21st century, the planet of the slave girls will be preempted for coverage on 9-11, a special report about something that happened 20 years ago. Well, you know, now that I think about it, it does fit into their wheelhouse. <laughs> it's something that happened 20 years ago. So. But the problem with me TV is they don't have anything from 20 years ago. No, their stuff is from 40 and 50 years ago. In fact, everything I'm trying to think of the latest thing that would be on their network. I don't I guess Buck Rogers would be the last thing that, you know, was actually in 1980 that made it, I think, to 1980, if it even got there. And that would be the newest thing. Otherwise, it's Andy Griffith. It's Happy Days. It's, uh, you know, again, uh, I don't know, MASH. I think I felt no, no, that was another channel. They're bringing back cheers. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's the, uh, the Flintstones. I mean, there's nothing on that channel that's even 20 years old. It's all 40, 50. So again, whatever. Meanwhile, the funniest thing is that. Um, I was I think after I was hung over that night, the last two days I've been trying to sleep and, I, you know, everybody has trouble sleeping and there's like a lawnmower going off. You know, I'm sleeping with my windows open and I hear this lawnmower and I'm like, oh, that's a pleasant sound. And I'm like, wait a minute, because I'm thinking, you know, I forget where you know, how sometimes you wake up and you forget where you are. And I always think I'm waking up in my childhood bed because I can remember all lawnmowers going off. You know, when you're sleeping, you're trying to sleep on a goddamn Saturday and there's always some douchebag mowing the lawn at six in the morning. And they, they, they sit there and wait until maybe seven in the morning, whatever. I remember. My dad wanted me to mow the lawn really early and that stupid next door neighbor who I have a picture of later. David, isn't it too early to mow the lawn? I'm like, shut up, you old bat. And I said that to her to her dying day. I kept saying it. Shut up, you old bat. Even at my dad's funeral, I said it to her and then she died. And I danced on her grave. But uh, anyway, so. Yeah, so they're mowing, and then I wake up and I'm like, wait a minute. How, wait a minute. How is there a lawnmower? For the past two days going off in New York City, where, where is this patch of land that they're mowing for two days straight? And I just looked down and I think it was just like a, I don't know, some sort of construction thing that sounds like a lawnmower. It wasn't. I think they were watering down some pavement at the building uh, next door or something. And it was just, um, you know, but it was one of those things. I'm like, oh, lawnmower. And then you're like, wait a minute. Who the hell's mowing their lawn? underneath the Queensboro Bridge. So that was fun. Oh, and not to uh, talk about any uh, uh, sports stuff. I think we were done with that, and I can do that on Tuesday. But uh, if you're watching that 30 for 30 about the uh, the net, that 86 Mets, it's really good. I just saw the first episode, and it's really, really outstanding. Everything about the 86 Mets is good. The only thing that's bad is that Jimmy Kimmel produced it, and I don't care. I mean, I don't... It's like he's like, oh, I'm Brooklyn. I love the Mets. Nah, he's grew up in Vegas. Now he lives in L.A. I don't want a guy like that producing a Mets thing. 
I want Jerry Seinfeld producing that. You know what I'm saying? That's the only bad part about it, but it's still really good so far. And I know it's all the first episode, but I like it when they, you know, start from the seventies and how they're building the team. And it's kind of fun when you know what's going to happen. It's very exciting. Uh, also. Oh yeah. I, um, I guess on Monday night, you know, when I was having a good time, I was at this bar and I ran into the guy from Joan Jett, you know, the lead guitarist, Dougie, who I hadn't seen in a long time. And he was saying, you know, before they, they were opening for Cheap Trick or, or they were working with Cheap Trick. I don't think anybody would, they, you know, usually bands like that switch off every night. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. That's the one I wanted to see. I mean, I really love Cheap Trick. So, you know, and I go to see Joan Jett all the time and see Dougie play. And when Cheap Trick would have been a good lineup for me. I would have liked that very much. So when I got home, I was like looking for things to watch. And I watched... Um, you know, what's it live from Daryl's house, which I've told you about before. Daryl Hall has that amazing show. And I think it's all repeats now, but they had the one with cheap tricks. So I taped it and I watched it when I, you know, uh, I don't know, a couple of days ago, just first half hour. Cause I'm going to save it up. And I was just smiling the whole time. I don't know. These, these are my two favorite bands, Hall and Oates and cheap trick. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's such a good show and they still sound pretty good, even though they're old men. But, uh, I don't know. It really made me happy. I was like, I remember smiling, watching it. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't watch a lot of music on TV, but sometimes when I do, when I want to see it, I like it. Like, you know, with Dave Elliott, I know he loves watching. He loves music, right? Obviously the dead, but he likes watching concerts on TV, let alone going to them live, which sometimes I can do, but only for limited periods of time. So something like that is great. I think I taped, what did I tape off something like a concert? I taped a concert off like access TV. Was it foreigner? I taped something that I thought would be fun to watch, you know, and I could pretty much watch it for like a half hour where then it's like, well, it's like just watching a stand-up comedy performer. Maybe I can watch them for 15, 20 minutes. And then maybe I can tune in for another 15 minutes, another time, but watching a complete hour of somebody doing stand-up on TV is really dull. That's why bumping mics is so great. Half hour episodes. Goddamn brilliant. I think should I go to the slides? I can't decide. Uh, okay. You know what I'll do before I go to the slides? I want to do it's the uh, you know what we do. This is why I thought eh, maybe it's another good reason. Uh, I'm going to um, uh, share my screen for those of you on the uh, you're watching the YouTube, but I will describe everything. Uh, you know, we do this every year. There's no way to get this is the night fly. It started, as you know, I just put on a little light so I can read, but now I look like a ghost. Uh, turn those down a little bit. Look, I'm doing, I'm completely doing the Rick Moranis bit. These are called supers. Uh, but yeah, look how pale I look now. Maybe I shouldn't put this on, but I have to. I can't read it otherwise. Anyway, uh, so when we started this show seven years ago, which I think the anniversary is coming up in October. How can it be October? It must have been September. We must have started week one. All right. So, all right. So it's, I think it's seven years. And I think we're almost at the 350 mark of episodes, maybe more. And it started as a football show and a TV show. The first half was about football and picks, which, as you know, I've been obsessed with forever, clearly, clearly. And the second half was about TV. And the new fall lineup, that's my favorite or anything, you know, back then. But the new fall lineup, as you know, if you've been a, uh, a listener to this podcast all these years, I cannot help myself but do the TV lineup. Now, 
I have changed my views in the sense why I will add and stuff on Hulu and Netflix and stuff, something where I was being a purist at the time. And then I realized nobody's watching network TV anymore except me. You know, when that Jerry Springer thing airs soon uh, with the cars and everything, the cars movie and me and Mike Pichetti and Rachel, you know, it's going to be on Channel 11. And I was over the I had dinner at the Bronx District Attorney's Office yesterday, last night, which was lovely, by the way. A little wine, a little dinner. Her husband cooks a nice bit. So it's, it's a female. Can you imagine? It's the woman who was the district, not the man. Anyway, I went over their house and uh, we go over once, twice a year. And they make me dinner and I bring nothing. They tell me not to. I told them about the Jerry Springer show uh, and they were very excited. And I'm like, it's on Channel 11. Now they're older than me. And like, oh, we oh, we don't have Channel 11. I'm like, wait, if you guys don't have Channel 11, then there's no hope for any of us. I mean, I think I'm the last one who watches network television shows. I, I mean, there's certainly nobody I hang out with that's younger than me. That is, I'm the only one and I'm the only one. I mean, I don't even know whether my sister and brother in law even watch uh, TV anymore. I'll just take a little sip of coffee. Mm. So, I mean, so I, I bought the new fall preview of the TV guide. And I'm going through it. And, you know, I mean, I still am fascinated with what they put out on network because it's stupid. You know, net, the network shows are goddamn awful. But I thought we would start it off. You can I think you can see my uh, screen here uh, because uh, we got to talk about what they're doing. Now, this is just a coincidence that it's all network. I have the other stuff later, but I just found nothing I wanted to watch. And last year I found like three things, but there are a couple of things that might be interesting. And we're starting off with NCIS Hawaii. And this is why nobody's watching network television. Oh, God, another NCIS. Now, anything in Hawaii is always brilliant, but they already have Hawaii 5.0 and Hawaii this and all the guys is about a bulls of the Magnum PI, you know. Do we need this? No. Will I ever watch this in my life? Absolutely not. No one cares. NCIS Hawaii. This is a new CW show. It's called, oh, look, I have the uh, foreign version. Le 4400. It's called the 4400. What appears to be a comet. This is the, I like the descriptions. What appears to be a comet slows, hovers, and stops, then bursts forth to reveal 4,400 people who were presumed dead or missing over the past 50 years. They look exactly the same as the moment they disappeared, but some of them returnees now have special powers. After one of the 4,400 commits a murder, a special division of the Homeland Security Department is formed to monitor them. It doesn't sound horrible. At least CW kind of gets it. They like doing the supernatural science fiction stuff, but I don't think I would ever watch it. Plus, that little girl, if you can see her, looks creepy as hell. This is called The Big Leap. This is another stupid Fox show that is going to be like a reality show about auditioning for, I think, Swan Lake like a ballet. I can't wait never to see this show. The big leap on Fox. Fox sucks. All right. Here's a show I'm interested in that I might watch. It is called Ordinary Joe. Ordinary Joe explores the three parallel lives of the show's main character after he makes a pivotal choice at a crossroads in his life. The series asks the question of how different life might look if you had made your decision based on love, loyalty, or passion. And that it's funny, but even before I saw this and I tagged it in my fall preview guide, which you should never do in case George Costanza's father comes around because he and he wants it back. Um, 
is that I was thinking about this exact thing the other day. I was sleeping and something must have triggered my brain to say, God, I wish, I wish, I hope, like when you go to heaven, that you get to see what your life could have been with one twist. You know, I'd give anything to just see like a little matrix implanted in my brain that I could see how things would work out with one thing done the other way. And as you know, I have like two points in my life that I know for sure could have things could have gone differently in the big trajectory of things had I done certain things. So I'm kind of interested in this unless this guy's a horrible actor, then of course it'll suck. But sometimes when you see a good actor, it's good. Here's the show. It's called Queens. It's going to be on Tuesdays at 10. And I would never watch the show, but the premise is funny. In the drama, estranged and out of touch, four women in their 40s reunite for a chance to recapture their fame and regain their swagger they had as the nasty bitches, their 90s group that made them legends in the hip hop world. Well, that's kind of funny. The nasty bitches. That's rather brilliant. And that's on ABC at 10, like probably tonight. But I don't know. I don't know. You know. I don't know if it's for me. This is a stupid show. I would never watch FBI International. Another spinoff. This is all CBS does. NCIS, FBI. What's the other one? A, a CSI. All they do is rehash. No new ideas. FBI International. Listen to this one. Not allowed to carry guns. The fly team relies on intelligence, quick thinking, and pure brawn as they put their lives on the line to protect the U.S. and its people. FBI International. God, what a bunch of dicks. This one looks awful. It's on Tuesdays and it's called Monarch. And Fox is completely going for it because they're airing it after the NFC Championship, which is almost like airing it right after the Super Bowl. So it stars Susan Sarandon and some Filipino guy. And it's like a it's 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 a, a musical drama about America's first family of country music. So it's just like Nashville. But it's with Susan Sarandon instead of that Connie Britt. I can't wait not to see it. Here's a stupid show, too. It's called La Brea, and it doesn't look interesting in any way. And it should be. And this airs Tuesdays at 9 on NBC. In La Brea, a massive sinkhole, which was my maiden name, mysteriously opens in Los Angeles, tearing a family apart by separating mother and son from father and daughter. Part of the family finds itself in an unexplainable primeval world alongside a desperate group of strangers. They must work to survive and uncover the mystery of where they are and are, and if they are, is a way back home. It um, They show the coming attractions, and it doesn't look good at all. It's weird, because the premise kind of seemed cool. Like, it brings them into a different world. It's You know what it is? It's goddamn Lidsville. It's fucking Lidsville. I wish I could show this shit on YouTube. In fact, I might show it on the football show. I don't know, because when it's live, they can't take it off. But Jesus Christ, it's the fucking premise of Lidsville. The guy falls into a hat and he has it's just this time it's the La Brea Tar Pits and it opens up. It's the exact same prep. These guys are assholes. And let me just say something. Lidsville was on NBC. So this is the fall preview, right? And look what's on the cover. This is why, you know, nothing is happening on TV. Nothing. The TV guide preview for 2021 is the CSI's back. The original CSI. They're calling it CSI Vegas, but that's where the original CSI and they're bringing William Peterson back. The guy from uh, Manhunter, the guy who originated the Jodie Foster role or whatever, not the Jodie Foster, but the, the guy who captured Hannibal Lecter in that movie Manhunter. So 
this is all they got. They're, they decided to put on the cover of the TV Guide Fall Preview the fact that they're redoing CSI because apparently no other shows matter. I read this cover to cover this week, and it was very exciting, but there ain't nothing. They got nothing. It's pretty fucked up. Here's a new show called Alter Ego, another Fox Beauty, another singing competition where you can sing as your avatar, as you want your avatar to be. I can't deny it. Does, it looks kind of cool, but I will not watch this show. I will not watch these singing shows anymore. I'm done. American Idol, all that crap. It's over for me. This show I'm totally watching. Now, this girl, Rose McIver, is kind of sexy. She used to be in that show. I was watching for two seasons, which was iZombie, I think. This is called Ghosts. It's on CBS Thursdays at 9. So I guess it's after Young Sheldon, which I'm already watching anyway. And the premise is it's kind of fun. Ghosts follow a struggling young... No, Ghosts, the show Ghost, follows a struggling young couple uh, whose dreams come (laughs) true when they inherit a beautiful country house only to find it's both falling apart and inhabited by many of the deceased previous residents. I don't think this show will last, but I'll probably watch it anyway. You know, I, I like those kind of premise. That's what I'm looking for in a show. I just don't understand. I'm not sure who they're making television for. If it's not me. All right. This show I'll never watch in my life. I hate Jennifer Goodwin. This is called Pivoting. Uh, Maggie Q, who I do like, but Jennifer Goodwin is one of the worst actresses I've ever seen. Her stupid short hair is stupid and she's stupid. She's a horrible actress. And uh, the single camera comedy already on board follows three women after the death of their childhood best friend faced with the reality that life is short and desperate attempts to find happiness. They make a series of impulsive, ill-advised and self-indulgent decisions, strengthening their bond and proving it's never too late to screw up your life. (laughs) Well, if Jennifer Goodwin's in a comedy, I don't want to see it. Those other two girls are kind of sexy, but Jennifer Goodwin is the reason I will not be watching this show. She's awful. She's unattractive. She has stupid haircut and she's a bad actress because I could probably put up with all of those things if she was a good actress, but she's awful. I might just watch it to prove my point. And wouldn't it be great if I came back? And I'm like, you know what? You know what? I got I to gotta rethink this. I got to rethink this. Look at this stupid show from the creators of Superstar, American Auto. The future of the industry is riding on. It's another, ugh, another one of those horrible NBC shows that just is just dumb with Anna Gasteyer. No. She's not made for a leading role. That's stupid. Here's a show. With, yeah, because it was important to put Sophia Bush in a show again. This is called Good Sam. Where do you hear this one? I can't believe they put this out when they're advertising the show. This is on uh, CBS with a midseason replacement. A talented yet stifled surgeon embraces her leadership role after her renowned and pompous boss falls into a coma. When he awakens and wants to resume surgery, however, it falls to her to supervise this overbearing blowhard who never acknowledged her talents. Oh, and it also happens to be her father. What? Boy, they're really ruining it. Oh, I put this one up because, I mean, it's Chucky. They're making a Chucky TV series, you know, the doll. I mean, that's a great poster. It's like the knife and it's a boy, but it's half Chucky and half the guy and his friends behind him. Brilliant, right? Brilliant. Uh, USA Network, Tuesdays in October, a Chucky TV series. You make five movies, you should probably go to a TV series. I don't have any problems with this. Is it stupid? You're damn right it is. 
but it's on the goddamn USA Sci-Fi Network. Perfect. You know, that's when you know you're you're up to. That's exactly what Chucky should be a TV series, not a movie. Oh my god, I'm so excited for this one. I can't even mean to tell you. It's a mid-season, and I wish it was happening right now. And this is one of those dumb shows that I always make fun of, but it's called Domino Masters. Domino Masters. It's an it's a reality competition series. Has uh, okay, wait, it's a it's a, a professional chain reaction and domino. Oh, okay, hosted by Eric Stone Street. I think that's a guy from Modern Family. Um, will feature teams of domino enthusiasts facing off in a domino toppling and chain reaction tournament. I can't even wait. The only thing I'm going to hate about this is those stupid interviews they do. This is why I can't watch these shows. Like, oh, this is really going to change our lives. Uh, we go. We really think we have it down. I can't stand any of these fucking shows. I just want to watch them set up the dominoes and then do the dominoes. I don't want to see the setups. I don't want to see the backstory. I don't care, but I'm totally going to watch. And as long as I can fast forward, then who the hell gives a shit? Because I, I need to see this. I want to see shows where they just, I want to be on that show. I love that kind of shit. Meanwhile, uh, Danica McKellar's on it. She played Winnie in the wonder years and she's gorgeous. So now there's even more of a reason. In fact, she's in some show on the uh, Hallmark channel, which I need to watch. She's in like three movies. Um, something. She's gorgeous. I mean, really gorgeous. So I'm all in. And then, of course, the uh, professional chain reaction domino or Stephen Price. He'll be in it. I, I don't know who he is. So who cares? Um, what's this next? Oh, this is on the Disney channel. Doogie Kamaloha. Doogie Kamaloha. Kama hello, Kama Aloha, Doogie Kama Aloha, MD. It's a remake of Doogie How because that's all they do is remakes. Doogie Hauser. It's a fucking girl, Doogie Hauser. It's a goddamn, but it's on Disney Plus. So you know what? I'm perfectly okay with that. On goddamn Disney Channel, the right thing to do. Doogie Kama Aloha. I guess she's Hawaiian. They do show palm trees in the background. Now, this show I'm totally excited about. It's called Tom Swift. It's a spinoff to Nancy Drew, which I watch, which, by the way, is moving to Friday nights, which means this is its last season. I'm pretty sure. But that girl's so hot, you know, in Nancy Drew. So I watch it all. And last season they had Tom Swift on. I'm like, just Tom Swift. Wherever I heard that before. But Tom Swift, if you look right here, you know, this is the Tom Swift book. It was up there with the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. Tom Swift was an inventor, you know, a kid inventor. This book that I'm showing a picture of here is from 1916. Tom Swift and his big tunnel. It's a spin up. But this guy, it's like it's the adventures of a black gay billionaire inventor who was thrust into a world of sci fi conspiracy and unexplained phenomena after the shocking disappearance of his father. The guy's great. I Like I said, it's a spin off of Nancy Drew. He's terrific. And they check off all the boxes. Gay, black, rich. It's well, rich, not but gay and black is perfect. And he's he's really good. I like him. So but it does say. Um, Tom's missions were acquired as genius and flair for innovation guided by love, romance, friendship, and the mysteries of the universe yet unsolved. You may have to see Boys Kiss, and I'm not old enough for that, so I don't know, but I'll go with it anyway because it's probably going to have cool gadgets, and I am a child. Uh, this is a show called Grand Crew, and the only reason I put it up here is because I like this tagline. A group of black friends unpack the ups and downs of life and love at a wine bar. I got nothing up to that. All right. This show I'm totally in. Why am I in? Because this girl is hot. I think 
um, I don't know what her name is, but um, it, it's called Maggie. And this is the premise, right? I was going to do it anyway. It's on ABC in midseason. Follows a young woman trying to cope with life as a psychic. So I'm already in. Maggie regularly sees the fate of her friends, parents, and clients and random strangers on the street. But when she suddenly sees a glimpse of her own future, Maggie's forced to start living in her own present based on the short film, whatever. Anyway, this girl's really pretty. And that's how I judge shows. And I also saw the coming attractions for it. And it looked 10 times better than La Brea. So I will probably watch this show. It looks like if you look at the um, and I don't have it right here, but I, I had it. And I just deleted it because for some time purposes, it looks like be, a bewitched opening, you know, so it's kind of like that. But I am a sucker for that. This is the new apparently who knew Pete Holmes show. Maybe there's a part for Dave Juskow in this called Smallwood after being laid off from the assembly line at the GM factory, because that's definitely what Pete Holmes looks like, like he's an ordinary guy, a seemingly ordinary man <laughs> makes the extraordinary decision to provide for his family by following his dream of becoming a professional bowler. But it's based on professional bowler Tom Smallwood's life. But do we need a show based on the, the on anybody's life? You know, really, it should just be you could just make it up and no one would care. Meanwhile, that's the show I've been waiting to do my whole life. And of course, Pete Holmes do it. Maybe uh, he'll remember Dave Juskell. Uh, we, we talk all the time. Well, not all the time. And this, I love, look at this picture. It's fucking great. This woman is really sexy. It's called the cleaning lady. Seriously, right? It's a picture of her in rubber gloves full of blood. And she's wearing a sexy dress. But it's funny. This is the, 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 the paragraph, right? So the cleaning lady starts young. Oh, I guess the woman whose name it is. Um, Elodie Young as Thony, a whip smart doctor who comes to the U.S. for a medical treatment to save her ailing son. But when the system fails and pushes her into hiding, she refuses to be beaten down and marginalized. Instead, she becomes a cleaning lady for the mob and starts playing the game by her own rules. I don't know whether I'd watch that. I mean, she's really sexy, but I don't know whether I would watch that. I don't know. And that is the stupid, stupid TV schedule for this fall and there's maybe there are like three things maybe i'll watch you know otherwise again i've been watching only murders in the building with steve martin and martin short and selena gomez and it is terrific really terrific um i'm up to whatever they're up to i guess they release one once a week and those guys martin short is so funny every goddamn time so that's brilliant and now i am going to as we are running out of time i'm going to share my screen one more time and show you the pictures I was going to show you. So if you are listening and want to tune into the uh, YouTube portion, you go an hour in and you'll be able to see these photos. Now, this one is fascinating. This is David Tell and Norm MacDonald. However, they're dressed as apes because I took this photo all the way back in 1994 when Charlton Heston was the host and all the rest of the cra uh, crew and staff were dressed up as apes. And there is and I found this photo in that damn box. And I'm like, that is so weird that I found this photo of Norm McDonald that I took a week after he died. And when I say a week, I mean a couple of days. And I told the tell to post it, but he won't. And I don't know why it's the tells already has his mask off and he's smoking. That was the worst day of his life. But that is Norm McDonald in the goddamn ape costume. Isn't that unbelievable? Or am I crazy? And there's Dave eating a sandwich that night. He was so miserable. Can you imagine the guy was working on Silent Live and he was this miserable back then. And that's 30 years ago. What are you going to do with this guy?
there's me and Dave getting thrown out of the Star Trek convention for real that we went to at, I think, the Penn, Pennsylvania Hotel on 34th Street or something. We're getting thrown out by a, by a, it can't be a Borg because that was before the Borg, I think, but we're being thrown out by, a, you know, somebody who's in costume. But you might find that funny. And then here's a tell trying to pretend he's on stage with Bob Denver. He's just, he just walked through. Oh, it says 1992, November 27th, 1992. Um, yeah, he just walked through while Bob Denver was being questioned. So it looked like he was on stage with Bob Denver. <laughs> but look at it tell with all his hair. He's still dressed sloppy. And this is Attell and John Vitti, who works for the Boston Globe. We've had him on the show before. We always thought they were alike. And that's our friend Mike Royce in the middle, who, you know, sometimes on the football show, he's the showrunner for one day at a time, that Latino version. And uh, I just love that picture because we were getting those two together was really funny. And Attell's smiling, which, you know, you don't get to see. Here's a picture of Sarah Silverman and the cast of uh, what, 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 what's the uh, something about Mary. You'll recognize the tan lady, and these are Cameron Diaz's friends. And I always uh, remember this picture as being really cool. And that girl on the right, we actually go went to see in an improv group, which um, I've been talking about for years. That stupid improv improv group called Without a Net, which uh, they clearly had a net, but another story for another time. This is a picture of me dressed all in pretty much red in my old elevator. On 29th and 3rd, which was like a strange elevator, as you can see, it's like orange and red. So I put on, besides the black pants, I had a red shirt, my red devil's cap, that's before my cousin on the team, red shoes, and a tomato juice, and an orange chair. And my old girlfriend at the time, I remember her name was Justine. She's like, let's do this. So we took the picture. And uh, it's a classic to this day. And I think you need to see it. And this is a picture of a family meeting of ours. This is our house in the 70s. That's my mother looking all sexy and shit. That ain't right. And these are my cousins that I still talk to this day. This girl on the right here, Julia, her husband just joined the football pool. They got two kids now. But the reason why I'm showing it is because there's my old car. And I just dreamt about it the other day, the Mercury Montego. I dream about it all the time. And I wait for the day. I have enough money to buy it back. Look how beautiful. That was my car. I loved it. And that was my dad's dumb car back there. But. Yeah, that photo is a classic. I guess it's the 80s. It had to be 80. I had that car in the very early 80s, maybe around 82. Even though everybody looks like they're dressed in the 70s. And I love that. I love that car. Oh, and this is me, Lawrence and Lee. Uh, when we decided we were at the Jets game and we decided to make a banner. Fox loves Cox. I think the guy was named Brian Cox. I think his name was Brian Cox. He was number 51 on the Jets. So we put Fox loves Cox, like because we know we would get the sign going if we put Fox or CBS and we knew the game was being aired on Fox. So we put Fox loves, but we didn't put Cox. We just made a giant penis with the number 51 on it. And we we're going to hold it up. And then I was so drunk that day when they said, put it down. You can see on the sides. I just poured beer on it to hold it down. I don't know what I was thinking. I was so wasted. So then, of course, we got nervous and we didn't want to bring it in. We were very uptight. So we put it on this guy's car and left it there and went inside. When we came back, the guy was like so upset and his son was here. He goes, I, I just don't understand why Fox would do this. I mean, it was so obvious that it wasn't Fox, but it's, it, we're like, we should call child services. 
this guy shouldn't have a kid. He's like, I, I don't know why Fox would find this funny. I just don't get it. And we were laughing. So we couldn't even believe we heard the conversation as we walked by. We, we you know, it was three hours later after we did the gag. It was really funny. And here's me, of course, as always doing the Statue of Liberty play as Lee is stealing the ball from me while I'm trying to do the play. Oh, a classic time at the Jets games when we used to go all the time. Oh, and that's me making that pose, as I think I've shown you, or I was telling you about where I was trying to act like Mel from Scarface, and this is the picture I was trying to emulate. See, that's Mel from Scarface, where he's got his arms folded and his legs are spread out, and he's wearing those. I felt when I was wearing that shirt, that's who I looked like, whatever. And this was from Saturday. You can see how drunk I am. I am in. I am putting my head through the window like the like the wizard in the Wizard of Oz does for Dorothy. You know, was I in your dream? And he comes through the window and I was doing that bit. You can see I'm laughing so hard. It's kind of the way John Candy was laughing when he when him and Steve Martin are drinking and they're having a good time at the hotel. And then he goes into the bathroom. He opens the door again and starts giggling. That's what I was doing. And you can see that's my friend Steve. And I'm just like, hey, was I in your dream? I, I mean, you can see. And that was that night. I was like, fuck this, fuck this. And it's just it's unbelievable how just one drink. And I am the life of the party. This happened right down my goddamn street. It was all these Jews after Yom Kippur. They closed down the street. I don't know what they were doing there. I mean, I know it was right after Yom Kippur, but it looked like they were like barbecuing or something. But I don't even think they had eaten yet. I don't know how all these people came out of this one building. But it was very I was like, what's going on? Because I kept hearing a, a bunch of commotion again outside the window and uh I was like, boy, I'm a horrible Jew. If I don't know what they're doing down there, I can't figure it out. And this was some of that food at that place. You see that it's a, oh, what was that? I had to take a picture of it. It was like, it was a piece of meat on top of a donut hole that was full of butter. Yeah, that's right. And you see the little piece of sushi there. Awesome salad. Uh, that was sashimi on the right-hand side over there in a, a thing of sauce. So you can see a fancy, fancy place. Yeah, it was on a donut. It was a donut hole full of butter and a piece of meat of steak on top. Oh, fuck. It was delicious. That's why I took a picture. And there it is. Me, Jeff, and Julian Edelman. Look how handsome that guy is. He looks like a movie star. That's why I thought I'd seen him somewhere. Look at us, huh? Time of your life, kid, huh? Yeah, it's me and Julian Edelman, my pal. Oh, it was awesome. Oh, and so this is a picture of Alicia Silverstone in clueless which i realized remember i was telling you about my neighbor uh the, the the girl that i helped and she was really pretty and she was wearing this outfit and i was trying to remember where i saw this outfit before and i finally remembered it was this outfit that alicia silverstone was wearing in clueless when she's trying to tell ty that um reading a book a day mine is buns of steel mine is women off of venus men are from mars and like and that's another thing we need to work on your vocabulary so that whole scene where she's singing the uh, fresh the, the Mento song and all that stuff. Alicia Silverstone is wearing this little workout outfit, and that is exactly the outfit that my neighbor was wearing, which I guess is what triggered me to help her. And if you could see the back of this, now any man can understand why I was like, I'll help you. And she could have turned around and been a dude, but still, you know, you see the back of this dress, and it's just it was killing me. I couldn't remember where the hell I saw it before. And I finally figured it out. And that was a big deal. Just two more things before we walk away today. I was just reading in the paper today. If you saw 
the Queen's Gambit, which was really good um, with that girl, uh, Joy, something, whatever her name is. Anyway, the woman who she was portraying, who was very unattractive, <laughs> is now suing Netflix because she says it was a sexist drama because she said, alleging defamation and saying that the line in the hit show's finale was grossly sexist and belittling. The only unusual thing about her really is her sex, and even that's not unique in Russia. This is what this girl says. She just said she was the female war chairman and never faced a man. And she, you know, whatever the case may be, what are you suing for? You should be grateful that a girl who looks like this was playing you. That would be like me complaining that Brad Pitt was playing me in a movie. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you should be grateful because, you know, for me, it's going to be Paul Giamatti. And that's, you know, then I'll sue. But if I get Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio to play me in a movie, I'll be like, eh, whatever you guys want to do, I'm good. Because obviously this is all bullshit anyway. <laughs> so this girl's like complaining, like, oh, I never said that. I'm like, just once you shut up. Obviously, it's a phony story. I mean, it's, a, you know, it's based on truth. But this woman looks nothing like you. And you should be just grateful you were portrayed by a pretty woman. That's the way I look at it. I know it's a horrible way to look at it, but I, I'm just saying to myself, too, I'd be thrilled to be played by a very handsome man. And when I say Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, I'd, I'd, li I'd still like to be played by somebody even younger and hotter. Maybe somebody from Bridgerton. It'd be funny if I was played by a black guy. Like things got so out of control that they make a biography of me, but it's played by a black guy. <laughs> like just because like, and nobody even gives it a second thought. He can't be black. He was white. Yeah, well, you know, this is the world we live in now. Uh, also, I got good news. The uh, New Jersey dump shares of uh, Ben and Jerry's. They were in some other uh, company co called Unilever. And um, they're dumping them good because, you know, the Israel thing. So that's good news. Also, here's the bad news. Just yesterday at Carmine's, a place where I go all the time in the Upper West Side or Upper East Side, wherever it is. Um, some people came in from Texas, hostess said, can I see your vaccination cards? And they punched her in the face. I, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you're not vaccinated. I don't know how they got here. I don't know how you even traveled without your vaccination cards. But, you know, if you're in a different city, uh, you know, abide by the rules. What are you kidding me? You're going to punch a hostess in the face because she asked you for your vaccination cards and they got into a huge fight and people were knocked over and and they're all from Texas and they're just uh, you're going to get that angry about somebody asking for your vaccination card. What do you think was going to happen when you came to New York City? You know, with the unvaccination people. Look, if you want to be unvaccinated, whatever it is, I mean, it sucks. And it's selfish, but, you know, just don't lie about it. Because uh, I have a couple people I know that are, were, and are lying about being vaccinated. And that's worse. Or having a fake vaccination card, you know. Maybe you're better off just punching somebody in the face and just saying, screw you. But, I mean, again, you're in a different city. If that was your own hometown, maybe you could see it. But you're in New York. So, you know, you're coming to New York. You know damn well we're all about vaccinations here. It's New York City. We're a progressive town. We understand science and progress. You can come from your backward ass Texas and uh, all you want. But, uh, you know, you're in New York City. You know, this is the way it is. I don't know. Very strange story. It uh, bothered me uh, quite a bit when I heard about it and saw it in the paper today. 
breaking news. It is on the Dave Juskow program, the Nightfly. Juskow, the city, everybody. All right. Well, listen, I think we've uh, talked enough today. I hope the video podcast is to your liking uh, as a another way of, uh, you know, having some fun. Uh, you know, it's like, I was like, well, I don't have somebody to talk because I haven't wanted to interview anybody and I don't want to just interview people for interviewing. And, you know, now because I do the other show, I'm always asking people to be on. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But who cares? Right. I know you guys don't don't care because you pre- you like the audio anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I don't know. Once in a while, I feel like you got to do something. And I had the pictures and I wanted to share. And my website isn't good for that kind of stuff. So. But anyway, uh, by the way, October 6th. Westside Comedy Club. Right now, I have this uh, woman, Chanel Ali and Lenny Marcus. And speaking of Lenny Marcus, of course, he will be on the uh, podcast, uh, the, 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 the football show uh, from seven to eight tonight on the Comedy Cellar Nightly YouTube channel. And Marina Franklin will be on the six to seven hour. And you can call in at, uh, well, I don't know what the number is, it's eight five five something. Who cares? Nobody's calling in. But please be in the chat room. And say something. Now I can read the chat so I can answer you back. And on Billy Joel this week, we have our interview with comedian Gary Goldman. Wrapping up the G's. Comedian Gary. We have an unreleased track called Great Ships and Great Oceans. We that great. But Gary Goldman is a wonderful interview. Big Billy fan. And a great guy. And I think the interview went really well. He's so cool. And he's a great guy. Speaking of great comics. Gary Goldman. He's going to be at Carnegie Hall, I think, in November. He's terrific. I don't know if you've seen him perform before, but he is something else. And if you ever, you know, how, like everybody was saying, Norm McDonald, you got to see this uh, moth thing he did on Conan, the moth joke. So I finally watched it because I hadn't seen it. I guess it's from about 10 years ago or something. And it was worthy of what everybody was saying. It really is the tell of what made norm mcdonald so kind of great it's really good so if you want to see something about gary goldman that's amazing you have to see his bit about how they named the 50 states and how they got the initials for the 50 states i think i've spoken about it before because i could tell the opening he's like yeah they probably had this meeting how they're gonna make the initials you know like all right let's start alabama like al good we're gonna be out of here in 20 minutes it's gonna be simple i can't even believe it all right what's the next one alaska shit <laughs> so it opens like that. It's really good. He goes into depth about a secretary. He's always having a martini and everything. Gary Goldman. You can listen to that on Billy Joel A to Z, which comes out on Thursday, the Gary Goldman interview. And other than that, I will see you next week on the Nightfly podcast with me, Dave Juskow. I hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, don't forget uh, another Jewish holiday is coming up. It's, it's, it's Sukkot, everybody. I'm kidding. Enough of those, right? But uh, that's the story for this week. Hopefully, I'll be able to regale you with many more stories as they happen as Dave Juskow lives and works and plays around New York City. That's the story for tonight. I'll see you next week, everybody. So long.